News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Macias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Well, welcome to the Luke Messiah Show, guys. We are kicking off this last show before Christmas with uh, an announcement that Democrats have now officially admitted that they were rewarded for their antics when they fled Washington, that Dade Phelan and his lieutenants gave them something to incentivize this continued behavior, their continued dominance over Republicans, their continued insistence that it is either their way or the highway. See, Republicans have this problem where they basically complain that that we have to behave in a certain way that makes us seem reasonable. And, you know, these Democrats, when they go off and do things like flee the entire state and go to Washington, D.C., it actually hurts them. That's what they tell them. Well, this is hurting them. This is hurting them for November. This is hurting them with voters. This is hurting their effectiveness within this building. But Democrats understand that this is actually what gets things done. And some Republicans understand this, and it is why you will see certain conservative Republicans fight very hard, even when their own party is telling them to sit down and shut up. So what am I talking about? Trey Martinez Fisher is the incoming, he was just elected the new caucus chair of the Democrat caucus, replacing Chris Turner. And uh, for those of you who don't know some of the inside battles going on, some of this is like a brown versus black uh, war in the Democrat caucus. Okay, the Hispanic portion of the caucus has long opposed the black portion of the caucus, and they have constantly been fighting for who has more control in the Democrat caucus. Okay. And so the compromise for a long time was to have Chris Turner be the chair of the caucus, uh, which is really kind of funny that like the black caucus and the brown caucus compromised and kept a white man in charge. But uh, ultimately, it has now come down to the fact that it looks like the Hispanic portion of the caucus was able to elect someone that represents their side of the caucus. And so now Trey Martinez Fisher is at the helm. He's a super smart operator. He's very smart with how he operates in the Texas House of Representatives. So he did an interview with the Texas Observer, and they asked him about when Democrats fled to D.C. in 2021. They said, hey, you left. Voter suppression legislation still ended up passing. So was that whole quorum break that y'all did successful? And here's what he said. I think it was. Number one, if you just look baseline, they changed the freaking legislation. So for those who say we just sit at our desks and take our medicine, we would have had one of the crappiest voter suppression bills in the country, and we would have done nothing other than give speeches and push voting buttons to change that. Walking out and telling people that we're not going to take that BS and identifying real problems publicly that they knew privately forced them to change. And so I know now we can have a souls to the polls program because they had to answer the public about that. This is the program that Democrats have where they bus 
um, people from Democrat-led churches. It's called Souls to the Polls. Take it a step further, we went and told our friends in Washington to proverbially get off their ass and get to work. I think that meant something. Even to this day, you hear the president talking about our democracy being under attack and the need to have new voting rights. He also didn't mention the fact that uh, one of the compromises they made with Democrats was to reduce illegally voting from a felony to a misdemeanor, okay? And they did that to appease Democrats. So understand, when we talk about the failed mindset of the Texas House Republican leadership, a mindset that most Republican lawmakers have endorsed and will continue to endorse likely on the first day of session. They are endorsing leadership that lets Democrats flee to D.C., come back and actually rewards them with watered down legislation. That is not to say that the legislation that passed didn't do some good things. Watered down doesn't mean there isn't good things in the bill. It just means it's watered down. It means that there are less good things in the bill. And Democrats play to win. They play for every single win they can get. So if their win is that it is no longer a felony to illegally vote in Texas, that's a win for them. If their win is that their souls to the polls program is protected, that's a win for them. They will do whatever it is they need to do to win. And yet Republicans will still give these people more and more leverage. Dustin Burroughs got upset at our chairman, Matt Rinaldi, and went to Twitter. He said, would you lose your job if you admitted what we accomplished? And this was him publicly complaining that the party is not cheerleading enough for House leadership. House leadership, which we've said on this program repeatedly, really still refuses to say whether they even plan on passing a Republican agenda in 2023. And House leadership, who continues to tell incoming Republican members, you really need to vote against banning Democrat chairs. And if you vote to ban Democrat chairs, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt you. I, I will just tell you, one of the things that all of these incoming Republican members should be grateful for is Tony Tinderholt, because now House leadership is put in a situation where they basically have to say, vote for us in caucus in a secret ballot or we'll punish you. Vote for us on the floor or we'll try to punish you and vote to ban Democrat chairs. So it might actually end up that many people who vote to ban Democrat chairs are not actually punished by House leadership. And that is a huge win for us because it sets up a position or a situation where more Republicans feel that they can vote to ban Democrat chairs in the future. So House leadership is put in a position where they either have to basically just constantly be telling these people, you have to vote exactly the way we tell you or else, which ultimately starts to lose some support and loyalty within the caucus. Or they have to give people a little bit of a hall pass for the vote to ban Democrat chairs, in which case all the people that are voting against it go, well, why don't I just vote for it? Because the people in my district want it. And if there's not going to be consequences, there's no reason to stick to the leadership position on this issue. But I digress. So Dustin Burroughs complains to Chairman Rinaldi, why can't you just say we're doing a good job? And so Chairman Rinaldi responded in jest a little bit, but also made a great point. He said, big fan, you guys are the best. So he kind of like caved to Dustin. Big fan, you guys are the best. And then he asked him a question. Are you going to appoint Democrats to House leadership positions again? Question mark. If so, 
which committees slash areas of policy do you think Democrats should run? Question mark. Great question. And one that Dustin Burroughs can't answer. Because there are no areas of policy the Democrats should run, but they give them 40% of the committees. This is why grassroots conservatives continue to wake up to the fact that this issue is of vital importance. It's even caused the Texas Freedom Caucus to reverse their position. Other than Mays Middleton, the entire Texas Freedom Caucus opposed this issue. And they've they've come around. Now, we have gotten reports recently that maybe Representative Matt Shaheen is looking at reversing his position, which will be really interesting to see if that is something he decides to do. Um, and going back to his previous position that we should empower Democrats. So jury is still out on that and ultimately will come down. But there are a lot of rumors that he is telling Republicans in Collin County that he um, does support Democrat-run committees. And so we'll have to see where he comes down on that. But this is, there's an overall understanding that you have to have it. And and if anything, the last week has brought even more clarity to what we continue to say. So sometimes I, I feel like I repeat myself on this program, but what I'm doing is telling you all, hey, you know how I told you Democrats actually got rewarded for their antics and might do it again? Uh, now they're admitting it. And Tony Titterholt in his run for speaker has said this. He told the SREC when he got his standing applause at the SREC meeting. Guys, I was there when Dade Phelan let the Democrats leave. I went to him two hours before. I told him they were going to leave. I told him we needed to lock the doors. He didn't let me lock the doors. Then, and when they came back, he was hugging them and taking selfies with them. And guess what? They got wins out of it. And then when we wanted to move to actually take away some of these Democrat chairmanships, he wouldn't even let the House vote on it. He had to work to protect them against the will of Republican voters. The, even the governor at the time said these Democrats should lose power over this. But they didn't at all. Tony Tinderhall put out this statement as a result of Trey Martinez Fisher's interview. He said, under Dade Phelan's leadership, Texas Democrats are allowed to break quorum and have suffered no consequence for putting taxpayers on the hook for three special sessions. Now, as we approach another legislative session, Phelan plans to reward Democrats who broke quorum with committee chairmanships and has refused to articulate his support for the Texas GOP's legislative priority. Earlier this week, incoming House Democrat Caucus Chair Trey Martinez-Fisher was asked by the Texas Observer about breaking quorum. Not only did he say he thought it helped Democrats achieve their objective of weakening the election integrity bill, but he also refused to rule out employing the strategy again. Texas Republicans deserve a Republican speaker who will fight for them and their priorities. I look forward to giving every House Republican a chance to vote for a Republican Speaker of the House when the Texas legislature convenes in January. It really is pretty darn simple. If you're wondering, why is there an in, why is there infighting in the Republican Party of Texas? Because there are some Republicans who are very committed to actually governing as Republicans. And there are a lot of Republicans who are very committed to making sure that we do not govern as Republicans. It is that simple. And that is a fight that is going to be had every two years. There is never going to be a time in the Republican Party of Texas where that fight is not being had. Period. Why? 
because there will always be forces in our party that fight to make sure that we are not actually governing as Republicans. So even if we get rid of Democrat chairmanships, we have to keep fighting. That's not going to end it. Stephanie Click and Dustin Burroughs were the ones that killed the gender modification bill. The ban on gender modification in the Texas House was killed by Stephanie Click, Dustin Burroughs, and Dade Field and all Republicans. Each of these battles are important. And if anything, they're like, we focus on the battle that most clearly shows the grassroots the problem. You and I, if you're a listener to this program, you are a more educated individual in Texas politics than the vast majority of your friends. Okay? But you need an issue to take to them that just makes so clear the problem. So I could take a list of 12 bills and say, well, this committee killed this bill and we have a problem with this process and we have a problem with the way the rules are set up. And and we could talk about all of these inside issues that paint a picture for what we need to fix in Texas politics. And those would all be legitimate issues we could discuss and legitimate solutions that would fix the problem. But what the average person needs is something really black and white and crystal clear. And Brian Slayton, two years ago, came up with, probably right around now, two years ago, this is probably close to the two-year anniversary of when Brian Slayton was like, hey, I think we should ban Democrats from chairing committees. And no conservative in Texas politics had ever thought about this before. Dan Patrick, when he got up at the GOP convention this last session, said, many people ask me at times what the most important bill I passed as a state senator was. And my answer to them is it wasn't a bill. It was a rule change. I decided to fight to change the rules of the Texas Senate to stop empowering Democrats so much. And the first time he offered that rule on the Texas Senate, there was one senator that voted for it, Dan Patrick. And by the time he became lieutenant governor, that rule change passed with nearly every Republican. And every single Republican who opposed the rule change is no longer even a state senator. That is what more conservative leadership looks like. That is what Brian Slayton has given us. And now what you're seeing is a lot of other people waking up to it, which, by the way, a lot of other Republican senators did as Dan Patrick led on that issue as well. He led, and most people you see are followers, right? Most people in politics, even the elected officials, are followers. So you need to find a leader that actually has a vision to lead and then watch other people follow and cheer both of those actions and encourage them. This Democrat chair issue is one that if you give to somebody on the street, they go, well, that is just insane. No wonder we're losing certain policy battles in Texas. And you go, absolutely. Thank you for seeing what I see, which is the problem. Now be part of the solution. In closing today's podcast, I am going to play a couple excerpts from an interview that Michael Knowles did on the Pints with Aquinas podcast, which you can watch on YouTube um, or you can listen wherever you listen to podcasts. But Pints with Aquinas, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Michael Knowles, he hosts a show, The Michael Knowles Show. Uh, we appreciate people who use their first name and their last name with the and show. That just seems to be a... Um, a model that we employ here, the Luke Messiah show. He has the Michael Knowles show. Great. Very original, very creative. So we appreciate Michael's creativity in uh, the naming of his show. But he 
did an interview and I think stated several things that will help give you a perspective um, of what conservatism is and some of the battles going on. Some people out there, this will surprise you, but some people out there are a tad more articulate than maybe myself. Okay? I know. It's going to blow your mind. But there's a handful of them out there. Michael Knowles is one of them, and he is somebody who I share with people at times, and he can sometimes say things better than I say them. So I'm open to sharing his thoughts here on the show. So in closing, I'm going to insert, and you can go, like I said, YouTube or wherever you listen, and look up Michael Knowles, Ponce of the Aquinas, and sit down and actually listen to that hour. Um, it is a worthwhile listen. If you're not going to do that, then I'm going to share just a couple minutes of clips from it. So these are different things he said during that, and that's what we're going to uh, use to kind of close this out. Hmm. Roger Scruton said in his just beautifully Roger Scruton-y way, I don't have the accent, so I can't really do it. He said, you know, you would imagine that a conservative wants to conserve things. And that's a large part of my answer. The, the answer that you're supposed to give in the American conservative movement context is, you know, you push your glasses up on your nose and you say, well, uh, actually, uh, to be a conservative is to, you, you want to reduce the size and scope of the government, you want to cut taxes, and you want to let people do whatever they want to do. And that's what, uh, you know, that's just silly. I mean, that, that's libertarianism, mm. which did come to dominate the conservative movement for much of the last half of the 20th century. Uh, and the results have been a, a disaster. So I don't think that's what conservatism is. I think we want to conserve things. We want to conserve the good and the true and the beautiful. We do want to conserve our traditions. We want to conserve our way of life. We want to conserve our families and our communities. Mm -hmm. We want to conserve our very identity. You know, I think half of my family is of the swarthy Sicilian persuasion. And so food is very important to our culture. Right. Food is a big part of the Italian-American identity. When Klaus Schwab comes in and says, you, you are going to eat the bugs, you are not going to eat the cannoli anymore, you will eat the bugs, that is an attack not just on gastronomy. or on, <laughs> It's an attack on identity. And there are so many other facets of our identity, our sexual identity, our national identity, our... Mm. And then ultimately, of course, our religious identity. I mean, that's if, if we will ground our identity either in "I am who I am," or we will be left with the pathetic question, which is "Who am I?" Like a mm. teenager trying on different personalities. Yeah. That's a, an observation from my friend uh, Father George Rutler. I really do hope you have a great week, a blessed Christmas. Take some time, relax. Please consider attending. Um, a Christmas Eve service somewhere. If you're in San Antonio, you can come to my church, Trinity San Antonio, and visit. Uh, we would love to have you. And uh, Christmas Day services as well. Many churches are having them. Some, unfortunately, aren't, which is um, a really sad reality. And if your church canceled it and you don't care, then I'm sorry if this offends you, but really, uh, churches should not be canceling their Christmas Day services, and I hope yours didn't. And if it did, I hope you are open to looking um, at another option somewhere else in your community. This might give you a great opportunity to visit another church and find one that is actually uh, prioritizing um, the celebration of Christ uh, on Sunday through a church service that is not canceled. So 
With that, Merry Christmas. God bless you. Next week's episode is something I'm pre-recording because I'm not going to come uh, up and record it again. So I will, I guess, be with you next week, but in a pre-recorded episode, and then we'll come back to you the week after. So I look forward to uh, checking back in with you in a couple weeks. God bless you, and God bless Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messiah Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless Texas.